You're listening to a sermon from New City Fellowship in Manassas, Virginia. New City Fellowship is a diverse community that proclaims the gospel and makes disciples for the glory of God and the renewal of our city. For more information, visit newcityfellowship.net. I'm going to be talking from Psalm 145, so I uh, invite you to read it with me. And this would be our scripture reading for this morning. And it's Psalm 145, verses 1 through 9. And it says, a song of Psalm of David. I will extol you, my God and King. I bless your name forever. Every day I will bless you and praise your name forever and ever. Great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. And his greatness is unsearchable. One generation shall commend your works to another and shall declare your mighty acts on the glorious splendor of your majesty and on your wondrous works I will meditate. They shall speak of the mighty of your awesome deeds and I will declare your greatness. They shall pour forth the fame of your abundant goodness and shall sing aloud of your righteousness. The Lord is gracious and merciful, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. The Lord is good to all, and His mercy is over all that He has made. So, um, mostly when I hear uh, preachings about parenting, uh, we typically hear what the Bible already tells us, right? That we should instruct our kids, that we should bring them up in the ways of the Lord, <clears throat> that we should discipline them, that we should teach them the commands that he, he has given us, especially uh, Deuteronomy 6 uh, tells us that we should actually post these commands in our house and teach them to our kids. And, and that is all important, and that is something that we should absolutely do, especially because the Bible commands us to do it. But I want to take a little bit of a different approach today. And before I do that, I want to ask the kids, if you're listening to me, kids, any kids here? Raise your hand if you're a kid. How many kids do we have? Raise your hand. There's no, I don't have any prices, but yeah, okay, we have enough. (laughs) So kids, you have to raise your hand. Imagine you're in a classroom to answer this question. Okay, some people can't teach you. Raise your hand right here. How to be nice. That's important, so I can't pick you. (laughs) Just kidding. Go ahead, Joel. I, I, I couldn't get that. The gospel. God, well, he's a pastor's kid. He has to know. <laughs> yes, Joel, you're right. And the, the most important thing your kids need from you is not uh, schooling, is not necessarily affection, it's not necessarily uh, a good life. It's mostly God himself. That's what your kids mostly need from you, especially if you're a believer, if you're a a Christian. And that's what we want to talk today about. And I'm going to use Psalm 145 to highlight a few things that are important for us as parents, as we consider parenting kids. But before I do that, I just have two clarifications that are important. Number one is that the salvation of your child is not dependent on anybody's works, not your works or your kids' works. So I need to say that clearly because we tend to think, and this is something I struggle with as a parent, we tend to think that we need to know what's the formula so that my kids can follow Jesus, especially if you're a believer, right? I I pray, and I am constantly worried sometimes of whether my kids are going to grow up and continue to be Christians 
And that's an important thing for me. So I, I want to know the formula. And the reality is that according to the Bible, there isn't any formula. Because salvation is not by works. That means that salvation, people think. And in this case, as parents, it doesn't depend on what you do or if you do it right or if you didn't do something. It depends entirely on God. And it also applies to your kids. They're not going to get saved just like you. They're not going to get saved because they have good grades or because they behave well. They're not going to be, be saved because of that. They're going to be saved because God wants them to be saved. So number one, there is no formula for salvation. that we, It doesn't depend on us. Number two, even though there is no formula for that, we should, because the Bible commands us, do everything that we can to bring Jesus to our kids daily. So, those are the two things I want to say. And this is the first, the first thing I want to say. that your kids need on 45. The first thing that your kids need to see or to know about God in your life is that you worship him. If you notice, Psalm 145 believe, begins by saying, I will extol you. My God, my King, I will bless your name. I will bless you. I will praise you. Uh, and, and David is constantly saying that God needs to be praised. And the reason why I chose Psalm 145 is because there is an emphasis on this is something that parents need to communicate to their kids as well. One generation should say this to the next generation. And what I'm getting at with all of this or everything I'm going to say is that kids not only need your concepts or ideas or doctrines. Kids need to see you and your life being lived out in front of them so that that will have a greater impact in their lives. Again, not as a formula, but as our responsibility. Kids need to see you and hear you worshiping God. Think about this. If you're a parent, do you, do you remember growing up what was important for your parents? Do you remember growing up saying, oh, I think this is important for my dad, or this is important for my mom? Do you remember that? Well, your kids do it as well. Our kids see us, see our daily lives, and they realize what is it that is important for us. Even if we don't communicate that, they see our lives and they know, oh, work is important for my mom. Or the car is important for my dad. Because they see our lives, they see how we invest our time, they see what we So it is important for your child to see you worshiping Jesus because that is telling them, Jesus, God, is important for me. So the first thing that your kids need to see and hear from you is that you worship Jesus. And the key element of everything I'm going to highlight today is that whatever I'm going to say is not something that is just a concept. I don't, I don't think it's, it's bad to talk to your kids about worship. That's perfectly fine. But the question is, do you worship? And the question is, do your kids see you and hear you worship? That is more important. And I'm not talking about singing in church. I'm talking about everything. How often do they hear God conversation at home? How often do they hear God speaking at home? How often do they hear God has been so good? How often do they hear how good God has been to your family? How he provided? How he uh, managed to solve this problem? How he has given you everything you have? It, whatever God has done for you, how often do you communicate this to your kids? And that as an act of worship. Number two. 
kids not only need to hear your worship, they also need to hear about God's character. Psalm 145 tells us a bunch of different things about God. Throughout the entire psalm, there is a constant mention of God as great, unsearchable. Kids, what does unsearchable mean? Who knows what unsearchable means? What is unsearchable? Unfindable? That's close. I, I make sense, right? To, to think of unsearchable as unfindable. It's close. Anyone else? What's unsearchable? It necessarily means that you can't find him. It mostly unsearchable. It says he's so big that we can't really fathom or understand him completely. Good try, though. All right, this is for other kids. What does merciful mean? Any other kid here? What does merciful mean? No hands. All right, they all know that. <laughs> so the, this psalm constantly talks about God's character. And this is something that your kids also need to hear as part of your worship. They need to hear who God is for you as well. So everything I'm saying, it's not just something that you can make to your, communicate to your kids as a concept. Is what is it that it truly means for you or what God is for you? What do they hear you say? Is he just God? Or is he really your father? Is he just God, something we do on Sundays? Or is he really merciful? Is he really just a good God? Is he, is he all these things that you say he is? And again, not informationally, but personally. What is it that God is for you that your kids are understanding from you. Let me give you an example. My father is a doctor, and <clears throat> I don't say this in a disrespectful way, but he's one of the coldest persons I've, I, I've known. <clears throat> and I've always said that the world can be falling apart, and my dad is that person that says, let's all calm down and think of an answer with a straight face. And my dad used to emphasize character. My dad always taught me about character. He was always, that's some things of having good character. And that's something until this day that I continue to just filter God as someone who is looking into my character. Till this day, I struggle with the fact that I feel like there is a God up there that's always looking at me trying to find my faults. And what is it that I need to fix? Because my father was constantly about character and behavior. So your kids need to know who God is for you. And that will help them also understand who's in or near the closing. Is that your kids need to also hear not only you worshiping God or who God is for you. They need to know what God has done for you. And this is the biggest thing I want to talk about in this psalm. Psalm 145 talks about God's works. It mentions, one generation shall commend your works to another and shall declare your mighty acts on the glorious splendor of your majesty and on your wondrous works. I will meditate. They shall speak to the might of your awesome deeds. They declare your abundant goodness. 
What is it that God has done for you that you can communicate to your children? What is it that you have experienced from God that you can communicate to your children? This was the biggest thing for my life. And I'm not saying that what happened to me is going to happen to you. But if I can give you an example from my own experience is that I saw my parents' life transformed by the gospel in such a way that until this day, I remember the difference between my parents before Christ and my parents after Christ. My parents became a Christian, became Christians because they were about to get a divorce. And they were suffering, and I, I saw the tensions, and I saw the fights. I was 10 years old, and I witnessed all that. And then, in a matter of months, we started attending church. And I remember this cold man with a straight face in every situation, worshiping Jesus on Sundays. And this is something I will never remember. My dad used to jump, like literally jump up and down his chair every time there was worship. And I remember seeing that in my dad. And I was like, what happened to my dad? Like, he doesn't even do this with me. And my dad used to cry in church. And I saw my dad. He was the first one walk up to the, we, I, I grew up in a pride. My sister and I went up with him because we were shocked. We were like, what's happening? So we, hold, we held on to my dad. And he started crying. And I started crying because I was like, why are you crying? So... <laughs> I've never seen this. And six, six, years late, six years later, I became a Christian on my own. And I remember till this day the transformation that I saw in my parents. And they talked about it. They told us the stories. And they literally tell us, my sister and I, the only reason why we're still together is because God came and brought us back together. And those stories... Make a huge impact in your kid's life. One generation shall commend your works to another. Your mighty deeds. Your awesome deeds. What is it that God has done in your life that will impact and serve your kid's faith? Tell them. It's great that they can hear about Abraham and Noah and Moses and all of these amazing stories. They need to hear it. And the word of God is powerful and, and it will change their lives. But your story is also important. What is it that God has done in your life? And the most important work that you can tell your kids about from a very personal perspective is the gospel. Is how God has transformed you. How God has saved you. What is it that God has forgiven in you? Your kids need to hear the gospel. And this Psalm 145 actually summarizes the gospel in, a, in an amazing way. And this is little snippets of the gospel that we see all throughout the Old Testament. And it's always comprised in this phrase that we'll find. The Lord is gracious and merciful, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. That is a summary of the gospel. And, and David is talking about, about all these things that he's going to say. And he's, he's, he's telling us to tell our kids to, to, to talk about what God has done. And he suddenly makes a pause and he just says, The Lord is gracious and merciful, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. And that is the reality. If you think about David's life, 
you will see that God was slow to anger with David. He was abounding in steadfast love. He was gracious to David and merciful to him as well. And that is the biggest, most effective, most powerful work that God has done in your life that you can transmit, communicate, teach to your children. The gospel. How God has saved you. Not because of what you've done, but because he chose you. Because he was graceful and merciful towards you. This is my last question to the kids. And this is the most difficult one. Kids, this question is going to make your parents uncomfortable. Please be honest. My kids cannot raise their hand. <laughs> Just kidding. Did you hear that this verse says about God that he's slow to anger? Let me ask a question. Raise your hand. Raise your hand. If your mom and dad get angry easily. Go ahead, go ahead, raise your hand. It's fine. Parents, look around. All right, put your hand down. Now, parents, raise your hand if your parents used to get angry at you easily. <laughs> All right. So, kids and adults, I have good news for us. We have a parent, we have a father that is not like us, thankfully. Didn't, didn't see? All those things that your parents still don't know today, God saw it. And guess what? He loves you. God is not like your parents, kids and adults. God is slow to anger. He is gracious. That means he does not treat us the way we deserve to be treated. He is merciful. He gives us plenty of chances. That means I need to stop. <laughs> and this is the gospel. This is the message of Christianity. That we have a God that is graceful, that loves us, that is slow to anger and abounding. It means that he has plenty of steadfast love. Steadfast love is a love that never changes. It doesn't end. It doesn't, it doesn't last just for a minute. It's forever. And that's the thing that I love about being a Christian is that I can point my kids to the real good father and, and, and say, I'm sorry, but I'm going to mess. I'm going to mess up and I'm going to fail you as a dad. But here's the good dad that has been good to me too. And he sent his son, Jesus Christ, to die for each one of us on the cross, even though we did not deserve it. And he has given us new life if we repent and receive him. That is the message of Christianity. The message of Christianity is not get it right so you can go to heaven. No. The message of Christianity is Jesus loves you even though you have not and you will never get it together. I love you and I give my life for you. Repent and come to me. That is the gospel. And this is good news for all of us. And before I, and as, as I close, and this time I'm really closing, I just want to give you with some hope. Sometimes I struggle with saying, what's, what's the point of like doing all these things if I don't know if my kids are going to be saved? Verse 9 says, the Lord is good to all, and his mercy is over all that he has made. I just want to remind you of a few things as a parent. 
early age, and he's starting to point him in the right direction. Even though you don't know what's going to happen, you can trust in him. Because God is so good, and he loves your kids more than you, to the point that he put them in a family where they can hear the gospel and have access to the Bible right now. God has made your kids be born in a country where they can have access to the gospel and to the Bible right now. God has given them parents who can model vulnerability in and, and the Christian life for them right now. God has given them a church and people around them that they can also look to see the gospel in their lives. So if you see all the clues, God is already giving your kids enormous blessings that not every kid has. So trust Jesus with your kids and give your life to him forever. Let's all pray. Lord Jesus, we thank you for your gospel. We thank you for your love. Thank you for the blessing of, uh, and the privilege of parenting. And I pray that you will help us. God is hard. It's difficult. But you understand it. You had kids that fail you constantly. But you are good and you are merciful and you are slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. I pray that you will help us be the same to our kids. And I pray for every child here, present, and adult as well. I pray that none of us would experience eternal life apart from you. I pray for your Holy Spirit to bring salvation to each one of, the, of, of every person that is present here child or adult. In the name of Jesus Christ, I pray. Amen.